Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pod save the king! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the King. It's been a dramatic royal week and I'm your host Anne Gripper. I'm here to talk about it with Jennifer Newton making her first appearance on the show this year. Fresh from busy writing lots for the Mirror website all about the busy royal goings on. Jen, lovely to see you. Great to be back, thank you. There's been a lot going on this week. There's a new king and queen in Denmark. There was a royal book and we're all thinking, oh, January is clearly royal book mayhem time again flashbacks to spare last year and then dramatic news yesterday afternoon totally unexpected first that Kate had been admitted to hospital for what sounded like pretty major surgery given that she's going to be out until Easter and then hot on the heels of that the the king is going into hospital for treatment so the first thing to say, obviously, is that we wish Charles and Kate a very speedy recovery um, and a quick, quick return to good health and full fighting fitness. But Jen, talk us, talk us through yesterday. Yeah, so it was around yesterday afternoon. So yesterday being Wednesday around two p.m. and um, there was a statement put out by Kensington Palace. It definitely appeared to just come out of the blue um, about Kate, how she was going to be in hospital. Um, well, she was in hospital, she'd had this abdominal surgery. Yeah, definitely came out of the blue because we were, we, I mean, I personally was just expecting she was going to be starting up her engagements again for the new year in the next few days. So I think it was a bit of a shock to most people to get this announcement. And it was, like you say, a bit concerning as well, especially given that how long she might be in hospital for, up to two weeks, and she's not going to be resuming duties again until after Easter. Obviously, Easter this year's slightly earlier being at the end of March but even still it's a it's a long time to be out for so yeah hopefully she can have a good recovery recover quick and be be back with us um out and about again but obviously she wouldn't want to rush back so I can understand why there's maybe it seems like a long time that she might um be spending um recovering but yeah it was definitely a um, bit of a shock yesterday to hear that about Kate there's so many ways that you know surgery has evolved that you know quite often people are in and out for things as as hopefully the king will be next week with his um with his prostate issue so to hear that she's staying in for 10 to 14 days even though I mean I'm sure the London clinic is a lovely tie a lovely place to be looked after as you are yeah recovering and um you can take that bit of extra time in there particularly if you are royal with the plenty of cash to pay for that care and make sure you're ready to go back particularly when you've got three children who well I'm sure they'll understand that mummy is poorly and can't go out on the trampoline with them first thing in the morning at the same yeah. time they'll be wanting to give her all the all the cuddles and um and make her feel better which you know that would probably if you've just had major surgery on your tummy you'll have to be a little a little ginger about things um for some time 
um so yeah. I mean, the the statements I mean Kate was classically wishes to apologize to all those concerned for the fact that she has had to postpone her upcoming engagements and she looks forward to reinstating as many as possible as soon as possible I mean the statement said that the surgery was planned but like you said when we've had the the engagements were still in place and we were expecting um, some international travel coming up and I think they sort of started talking about that a bit last week so we just don't know how recently it was planned or whether it was you know the opportunity came up to deal with this now um so it's all you know it's all a bit of a mystery but also obviously it's a health situation and she particularly you know asked for privacy and understanding and um um will respect that completely but you know like you say it's it's natural for people to worry because it's not normal for someone in their you know in their early 40s to it may be planned but it is un, unusual to have that much, much amount of time needing sort of medical care really yeah definitely and it was only just over three weeks ago that she made her last public appearance when we saw her walk to church at Sandringham um, on Christmas Day. And I don't think anyone could have looked at those pictures or video from at the time and said she looked unwell or, you know, this was going to happen. So again, it just goes to show that maybe it was something that's come up um, in the recent few weeks and it just needs to be um, to be dealt with. Reassuringly, the one sort of extra detail that has come out is that it is non-cancerous. So um, I'm glad of that. And whatever it is, uh, we hope that uh, she's getting the best possible care and uh, will be back on her feet uh, as soon as as soon as she feels able to, but not too quickly. But um, Williams cleared the diary as well to look after well, look after her, support her, and to support with the children. Yeah, so he is gonna. He's not going to have any engagements for the next few weeks. So that's for the time that Kate's in hospital and for the you know immediate period when she's back and um, recovering at Adelaide Cottage in Windsor. And then it has been said that his engagement's going to be curtailed as well as she continues her recovery, so that he can be there for the children. Because obviously, it's going to be quite a difficult time for him. Because he's got, you know, his wife in hospital, he's got to make sure that his children are looked after. And then obviously next week he's going to have his dad in hospital as well. So pretty, pretty tough time for William as well as as well as Kate. I'm sure there'll be other dads who have been in a similar situation where their their wife has been poorly and they've had the kids to look after. And yeah, I've not got the the nanny and the chefs and the all of the sort of the house household stuff. Plus there's, you know, there's the army of Middleton family nearby to help yeah. sure they'll all be pitching in as well so it's great yeah, that definitely. he's got he's got that support and we can um we we will have to get on with what we've got and they're lucky that they've got a bit more to help them through a slightly a slightly tricky time you know everything everybody was still in a flurry about Kate naturally and um and then the news came from Charles as well yeah, like literally just over an hour later, the announcement from Buckingham Palace that he, he'll be going into hospital next week for a procedure to correct an, an enlarged prostate. And he's actually won quite a lot of praise for speaking out about this because it's a very common problem among men. And um, the palace said that he wanted to make you know the condition known to raise awareness. So if other men might be experiencing um, symptoms of this, they can 
it might encourage them to go to their doctor and you know seek medical um advice for that so yeah I think it's quite it's quite a unusual thing that he's spoken out about it but um I think it's a good thing that he has spoken out about it um so yeah he'll be in he'll be in hospital next week it, it hasn't been confirmed where the procedure will be taking place because he's in um Scotland at the minute staying at Burke Hall near Balmoral so we don't know if that'll be in Scotland or if he come back to London it's going to mean that and he's going to take a short period out to recuperate as well so it's going to mean that for you know the next few weeks we're not going to really see him we're not going to see William we're not going to see Kate so the slim down monarchy's got a lot slimmer yeah definitely and um, a little bit of public service broadcasting uh firstly so for those of you who um either need to be concerned about your own prostate health or the prostate health of your loved ones. The most common sign is a change in how you pee. Um, Symptoms can include a weak flow, a a feeling your bladder has not emptied properly, difficulty starting or stopping and needing to go more often. So um, yeah, like you say, he has been praised for speaking about getting that treatment and it's certainly very common um, and more common with age. It affects four four and five men in age 75 so um it's it's certainly a relatively frequent occurrence for men of his vintage um and it sounds like it's all been again while it's going to be a planned procedure next week this one has come around quite quickly got checked earlier in the week got the diagnosis and now he's got a date booked in to get it sorted out um but yeah like you say because there were there were plans for foreign dignitaries and various people traveling then they had to get the news out as quickly as possible even though they wouldn't really have wanted to have these two royal health major headlines yeah I mean they wouldn't obviously have wanted to have them at all but certainly not um together at the same time and it because it does I don't know it, it makes everyone a bit more not jittery but feel the sort of instability and what's going on and um particularly I guess things haven't really restarted very much since the new year at all I mean we've had Princess Anne traveling to Sri Lanka and Sophie's had a couple of engagements but everything's been fairly minimal um as people are sort of completing their their Christmas breaks I mean now possibly it's because there was there was these other health concerns going on and they were needing to get those those resolved first of all but like you say the slim down monarchy if you take you take three people out of it and it's yeah. I mean, not even three people it's three of the four major top three of the players. four big ones yeah I mean today we we do have a lot of royals out today and um, I think Camilla will be out later and um, and Edward Sophie but, but even I mean that's four but that's pretty much the only other four that are that are the work are the core seven well is it seven working royals who are the ones that are doing the engagements there's there's nobody else really I mean yeah there are the um Duke of Kent and the Duke and Duchess of Gloucester but they're they're both even older than Charles and Camilla in their late 70s so and it's pretty cold and icy we should keep them (laughs) somewhere for the moment it's not nice to be you know older older people it's not a good time for them to be out and about just now yeah exactly and I think with Kate especially Kate not being back until at least until after Easter that it's probably going to be for the royal family they are going to miss her because you know let's face it she's the one that gets the most headlines most front pages and if she's not out and about how are they going to still get the press coverage of 
what they want to put out there and you know as much as you know Charles Camilla Sophie and Edward will still be carrying on they don't seem to have the same glamour and reach as maybe Kate does I don't know and some of her favourite engagements probably at this time of year as well like we've seen her at the Bafters in the past and Six Nations cheering on the um, the England rugby team in her new role there and questions about whether William will make it to the Wales games now because obviously you know looking up looking after your family is the most important thing and that is something that they have essentially both declared versus their work in in the past and now obviously it's even even more so while well, there's um you know the, the, the recovery and recuperation I would imagine Kate will probably be doing some you know reading around her her big passion projects and being able to do some work behind closed doors you know lightweight work behind closed doors because um you know I would imagine otherwise she'll get bored but have you got a box set tip for her at the moment what would be if you were if you were out of action oh. until after Easter what is your, what is the box set that you would finally watch oh that's quite a good question if she hasn't watched Line of Duty that's quite that's quite good although I'm a bit I know I'm a bit late to the party on that one um everyone in the office is talking about the BBC programme The Traitors I haven't watched it yet so maybe that's something she can catch up on I don't know if that's one you've watched yeah. or <laughs> could be intriguing well I think I, I think I'd be finally unwrapping the DVD I mean very retro DVD box set of The Sopranos which has been sitting up oh, on yeah. my shelf for a very very long time because you've just got to really commit to that and because it is I've seen some of it over the years but I've never seen the full the full lot or she could she could engage in the Camilla's reading room uh, um, podcast. Read the join the book club for a bit. Try and get yeah, some. exactly. Yeah. I did listen to the podcast this week, which was Joanna Lumley, um, who was you know very breathless in her enjoyment of reading, and. So a slightly less exciting Camilla-related clip this week, having had the enjoyment of imagining King Charles doing his Gruffalo voices and whatnot <laughs> last week. This week it was just like, she's a Wuthering Heights woman. Uh, well, Emily Bronte is her favourite of the Bronte sisters. So that was that was the biggest bombshell on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> podcast this bombshell, week. yeah. <laughs> um, which in the week of royal bombshells, I don't think really counts doesn't get anywhere close because um, no, unfortunately not. <laughs> earlier in the week obviously we had the the release and the serialization of Robert Hardman's new book King Charles III and the new court um and details about the day the queen died returning to the conversation about you know the naming of Lilibet and uh, what degree of permission or support there was or wasn't for it and then also I guess some in-depth looks at Camilla and at William I was quite surprised actually so it felt like there's been less of an in-depth look at Kate through it which is um interesting so far but I'm, I'm sure so what have you what, what have been the big um standout items for you from the from that. I think the main talking point from this book, the, the thing that's really got people talking was what you mentioned before, the Lilibet. Did Harry and Meghan have the permission that they thought they had to, to be able to give their daughter that name? So the, the, the main talking point from the book is um, they have an, a late, an, an aide to the late Queen who said, 
they had it was as angry as they'd ever seen her when the Sussexes put out the statement to say that they had um asked for permission for to use um the Queen Queen's nickname. Um and this the book kind of says it's maybe another case of recollections may vary. It's quite funny, isn't it? Because this happened, I mean, Lilibet will be coming up to three this year. So it's happened three years ago. It's something that's come back up to the news agenda. I think people are quite interested in it, but it is a bit, I don't know, it is at the heart of the story, it is a, a young child at it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a young child and she's been given this name. And I don't know, I, I feel of, of, of everyone in the story, I feel, I think I feel the more sorry for her. Yeah, I think, I don't know, reading it, that was a bit, the lines about whether it's you know is it specifically about the naming of the child or is it more about how Megan and Harry presented and really doubled down and went to lawyers about that child and that it was all you know fine and 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 the degree of support as opposed to um I I think there was one of that sort of insider bits of yes there may have been a conversation but the sense I got from reading about it, the Queen and Wells felt like it was a done deal. And how do yeah. you actually say no to them, particularly when everything exactly. is so difficult? And is it is it something that is worth having a row about ultimately when there's enough other rows going on? So, but the yeah. how it then evolved in public was um, not the Queen's style. I guess that's probably part of it as well. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, a lot of people that I've talked to about this as well have said, you know, the bit about the Queen being as angry as they'd ever seen her. And there was a a later report saying that she'd said something along the lines of, you know, I don't own the palaces, I don't own the paintings in the palaces, but Lilibet was the only thing I own, like my nickname. It's, it's, It's difficult to imagine the Queen saying something like that, given that she was so she was known for being so discreet and having this, you know, never complain, never explain attitude. Well, certainly in public. So, you know, we don't really know the Queen behind closed doors because she was so neutral, slightly the wrong word, I guess, professional and um, measured yeah. in public. I mean, certainly the reading all the details about the day the Queen died and um sort of the memo about her having slipped away peacefully in her sleep um which you know ultimately is what all of us would probably probably wish for as a as a way to go out in the end but the way sort of the moving parts of the family and that actually happened quite a little bit quicker than they were all expecting and you know Charles driving across back across the estate to try and get there and ultimately taking the phone call in in the car and yeah the first time you get referred to as your majesty and then how and this is where I guess the weirdness of the royal family is when he's ringing up through the switchboard but can't really say he can't use his new name because he needs to speak to other people first Uh, rather than saying hello it's the king here and well probably also it would have felt very weird to do that just you know minutes after his mother had had passed away so I did like the idea of her just him phoning up and saying hello it's hello it's me and um, also that the princess Anne somebody you know somebody feeling like this was the right time that actually I need to give princess Anne a hug then her being like that's just the last time that's (laughs) (laughs) which is quite a sense of 
you can just totally imagine that with Princess Anne, but the the level of um, upset or I guess the 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 guard coming down in that very human moment for something where you know there is a formality throughout that household for somebody who is a civilian if you like a com- commoner yeah. not that common but you know uh, feeling like actually I'm just going to give this woman a hug because that is the human thing to do and never mind all the rest of it um so how big a deal yeah it, on the bit because it, it goes into I think like quite a lot of detail about what happened in the Queen's last moments and then Charles' first moments as king. And I thought it was quite interesting the bit they said that um, after the Queen died, her private secretary took away the red box that um, she'd been working like, with the papers in that she'd been working on. And um, she'd left two private letters in the final red box, one for Charles and one for her private secretary. And it said she sensed it was her time. And I mean, we'll never probably know what was in those letters, but it, it, I just thought that was quite interesting and how she, the book kind of suggests it's how she kept her duty right until her final days. You know, she still had those red boxes coming and it, it, they, they describe it as she completed her final bit of homework, which I thought was quite a nice way to, to describe it, that she kept up with it even until right until the end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also enjoyed the discussion. So Camilla's nickname, Less. Um, contentious in some ways than Lilibet's, <laughs> although probably back in the day it might have been reasonably contentious when they were calling her Lorraine, as a, as in La Reine, the Queen in French, her sort of family, um, her family name, and little details about um, apparently all the phone they were all banned from having their phones in the carriages on the way to the coronation, but those robes are pretty good for smuggling things in. <laughs> I think, yeah. <laughs> All taking some um, some pictures, and I should shout out at this point actually to Mirror photographer Andy Stenning, who has been nominated for Photographer of the Year at the Press Awards for a fantastic picture he took of Kate on Coronation Day. Um, was one of his three pictures that he submitted for his portfolio. So do check him out on Instagram. I'll repost that picture as well because it is it is an absolute cracker. Um, oh, and Charles and Camilla being in a battle over the thermostat and the windows open or not. And uh, and that Charles likes to keep the palace chillier than the Queen did, whereas Camilla keeps her office as an absolute sauna. So um, interesting, the two of them having different, um, different attitudes, but probably a big enough house that they can have both of those uh, things applied. In yeah, they can just go off to separate, separate wings. And yeah, one can be sitting in the cold, one can be sitting in the warm. <laughs> A bit of detail as well about how there'd been discussions around possible regency and how that might work and and Charles's sort of un, unwillingness in a lot of ways to engage with it, really. Yeah, that, there was um, quite a lot in the book about that and um, about how there were plans for what would happen if the Queen became so, the late Queen became so incapacitated that she wouldn't be able to carry out her duties of state. Um, Charles didn't apparently didn't like to talk about that sort of thing because I suppose he might have seen it as tempting fate almost but then at the same time we know the one thing that the royal family don't do is leave things to chance so I suppose there had to be some some kind of discussion on what would happen in that scenario because you know the way that the royals work is that they have to plan every every possible scenario and um, and not leave anything to chance so 
I can well imagine that yeah I guess we've sort of seen a different approach to it in Denmark over the last few weeks which culminated last Saturday with Queen Margrethe handing over her her throne her crown although they don't get to wear the crown in Denmark it doesn't work quite like that very different um day of accession compared to all of that you know mayhem that we had last May yeah so definitely it wasn't on the same scale as the coronation that we had with King Charles and Camilla but it did I thought it still did still look quite good in Denmark obviously uh, the people flocked out onto the streets of Copenhagen to try and get a glimpse of the new so it's King Frederick the 10th and Queen Mary and I thought it was quite it was a lot different to our coronation obviously not just because of the whole crown and in the in the you know having it in a in a church and that sort of thing but it was a bit the imagery was so different because you had Queen Margareta sitting there signing her abdication I suppose papers and then she kind of like got out out of her chair and walked out of the room just as like Frederick sat down to sign his what I assume were recession papers so it was kind of a contrast of like the Queen walking through the door as the new king sat down it was something that we just didn't see when we had said the accession council a few years ago when the late queen died because it was a very different mood because the queen had actually died and it was a somber occasion whereas in Denmark she was still here and kind of passing on the the responsibility to her to her youngest well her, her son yeah but the interesting that she wasn't I don't know there was no place for her to sort of stay and support him that's true really. it was just like yeah. clear, clear the decks yeah. Long yeah. live the new king, and and she headed off. She, like, yeah, know, in a carriage, headed off in a car, and this, you know, swapped over levels of pomp and guarding in the in the signing of the papers. And we saw them out on the on the balcony, which I think is something that we can all kind of relate to. And it was the it was the prime minister who was doing the uh, kind of the hurrahs going on, and it just yeah. made, it did make me think of Borgen. That's another good box set that Kate could look up if she wanted to to. Uh, um, buff up on on Denmark if because you know obviously there'd been chat about would William and Kate potentially go to Denmark with the um, Danish king and queen come here obviously that's plenty of time for that um could still happen and Queen Mary she looked very fabulous in her her white dress and we got a little balcony kiss as well which we didn't get quite so much in uh, London last summer no you can't imagine Charles and Camilla having a having a smooch on the Buckingham Palace balcony after the coronation but it it, it kind of felt a little bit um wedding like if you know what I mean the way they had that kiss because obviously Mary was in that beautiful white outfit as well um but yeah it was quite nice to see them and all they got all four of their children on the balcony as well and it kind of made me think is this although I do think we we would we here in the UK would still do more of the you know pomp and ceremony and that sort of thing but there has been a lot of talk how and it, it's actually in Robert Hardman's book how William when he becomes king his coronation might be smaller again and not last as long as so maybe when it is William's time would it be more in tune with what happened in Denmark rather than what happened maybe when it was the late queen or king Charles I don't know it'd be interesting to see although I think um one of the messages that came through very strongly around Robert Harmon saying, you know, Charles is in it, isn't in it just to be the interim thing. He's got a lot of stuff that he wants to done, to get done and drive change and be busy and, and get on with things. So I would imagine he will be somewhat frustrated on his own behalf that his 
you know he's got to take a little pause over that even if it's a short relatively short one over the next week or or 10 days or what have you um and also you know clearly I would imagine he'll be worried on behalf of his his son and daughter-in-law and wanting to make sure they get through through things well as do we all so an unexpected unexpected week in many ways in royal land but I mean I think it's fair to say they they mainly are given over the last six years you never quite know yeah, definitely yeah. what's coming around the corner um so well the most important thing we should say is get well soon Charles and Kate um Kate I mean there's a there's a massive six-year backlog of uh, pod save the king and previously queen podcasts if you do want to listen to them and um, catch up <laughs> the royal news and uh, relive the uh, the departure of Meghan and Harry and such like no maybe not um Jen it's been lovely to see you today thank you for joining us and um we look forward to catching up again very soon I'll be back again next week hopefully Russell will be back with us then as well and uh, we'll be able to update on what is going on um we're obviously hopeful that William might pop in and visit um Kate before too long there's various police uh, around outside the London clinics they look like they might be expecting some some visitors at some stage and I'm sure that would be uh, a boost to spirits as wonderful as video calls are there's no substitute for actually seeing people in person so um, right listeners thank you for joining us this week and we look forward to catching up with you again very soon but until next time Pod save the king. 